1: going on colts nation welcome back to another episode of bring the juice in today's episode we are going to be looking back on the colts rookies the colts rookie draft class in particular and we're going to throw in maybe one guy from the undrafted class that made an impact on this team so what we're going to do we're going to grade them out we did this probably a month or two ago Derek. kind of mid-season you know Or the second half of the season, where we gave some of these rookies some grades. But here is officially the final grades that we are going to give all of these rookies that played and had some sort of impact on this roster. You know, there's some guys that obviously didn't really do anything for this roster for various reasons, whether it be injury, whether it be they just weren't a factor in this team and they were practice squad guys or, you know, they didn't really make the team. So we won't really include those guys. We'll kind of just include some of the guys that you know, played or had significant roles in some way with this team. And so with that being said, let's start with the Colts. First pick they had, the first pick they had was in the second round. They took wide receiver out of Cincinnati, Alec Pierce. And it was an interesting season for Pierce, all things considered. I mean, he had some moments where he looked, you know, like a rookie for sure. Um, He had some moments where he looked extremely good and he looked like the best player out there at the wide receiver position. Uh, you know, you you look at him and it's so hard, like we said with, with Pittman as well, right? It's so hard to get a gauge on some of these receivers with literally no vertical passing attack at all. But at the end of the year, Pierce finished in 16 games with 41 catches for 593 yards and two touchdowns. So, Derek, considering the fact that the Colts didn't have a legit quarterback that could push the ball down the field or do it accurately, What would
2: you give Alec Pierce's rookie grade? Yeah, I'm going with a B minus. Like you said, there's not a ton of sample size when it comes to Alec Pierce, but like you said, in the times that he was out there and the times that they actually got or tried to get Alec Pierce involved, there were several games this year where Alec Pierce was a huge factor in the Colts winning or being involved in football games. Uh, I can go back to the Denver game where he had eight catches in that game for 80 yards. Uh, I can go back to the Jacksonville game where he had the game-winning touchdown catch. Uh, I can go back to even the Dallas game where he had two touchdowns in that game in the first in the first half. I mean, you know, Alec Pierce put on a lot of different uh, displays this year that showed you the kind of player that he is. And like you said, his at best attribute is the vertical game. And when you don't have a quarterback that can consistently throw the ball 50 yards down the field, then, you know, it just doesn't work well in Alec Pierce's favor. It's B-minus because he's still got quite a bit to work on in the short game. But overall, his production, some of the plays that he made definitely was key for this Colts offense. So I go B-minus.
1: Yeah, I think for me, he just about was on par with what I thought he would be. Um, You know, I honestly thought in certain ways, he exceeded my expectations for what I thought, just because you never know with rookies, right? It took Pittman a while, his rookie season to kind of get going. Um, and he had Phil Rivers who actually gave him opportunities a lot more And the Colts had some semblance of a passing game that year. Um, but with Pierce, it's so much harder to gauge, like I talked about. So I think, I think B minus is, is a good grade because he's had some moments where he looked really good. You know, he was on pace one time to, you know, at one point in the season to break the culture rookie receiving record. Like he was on pace to really do that. And then obviously they went away from him and, you know, and this passing attack just went away altogether really when just Saturday came in. Um, and so it's kind of like, well, I don't know how much I put that on Pierce. He obviously has some blame in that, but I can't like put a huge blame on him. So I think B minus, I kind of had like, if I'm doing a percentage, like 83% for me, Around there, it's like the B to B minus range uh, for Alec Pierce. It's going to be a little bit better than B minus, but not quite, you know, a full 85. So I think that's a a good and fair grade for Alec Pierce. When you're talking about guys that didn't get opportunities, though, you got to talk about Jelani Woods, the next guy on this list, the tight end the Colts took this year. And, you know, he showed you, Derek, when he got opportunities, Jelani Woods made the most of them. The only problem is he did not get you know, like we've said with so many players. We said with Paris Campbell, we've said with Naheem Hines when he was here. Just did not get the opportunities. But when he did, he makes plays, man. Jelani Woods is a big play waiting to happen. He's got the physical tools, and he started to put it together, especially in the passing game. And it was really exciting to see the potential that Jelani Woods had, you know, despite all the bad with the Colts passing offense. Jelani Woods was probably the brightest spot in terms of the receivers um, with the opportunities he got. What would you give Jelani Woods? I know it's hard because he didn't get opportunities a lot, but when he did, I think he played pretty well. What grade would you give him?
2: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm going to end up giving him, um, you know, I'm really going to give him a B-plus from all things considered. You could almost go with the A-minus. I think the only reason i go with the B-plus is because, you know, the. The run blocking and the pass blocking, the blocking aspect of his game is still far to be desired. You know, that part of the game definitely needs to improve. And, you know, I think that's something that he'll continuously improve upon with more years of being in the league and learning a, little, a few more things. But, like you said, from a purely catching perspective, uh, there was a lot of great things to be desired when it came to Jelani Woods. I mean, it just stinks that he really was only getting an average. I mean, when you look at it from a total uh, season perspective was only getting, you know, an average of two and a half targets a game. Uh, And that just kind of was one of those things. I mean, early in the season, he wasn't getting any targets. So, you know, we saw him come into this role and, you know, he was, At Several times in games, he was really the only spark offensively for this team, Uh, and there was multiple times where he did a lot of great things. I mean, we don't win the Kansas City game without his two catches for two touchdowns. We don't win the Jacksonville game with the several great catches that he had. Uh, the Steelers game had eight catches for 80-something yards. I mean, the guy the guy, has definitely got a lot going for him. And it's crazy that he's only been a tight end. He was only a tight end for a year uh, before uh, coming into the league, doing what he's doing now. I mean, you can only imagine another year or two in the league what Jelani Woods can do with his body frame. I mean, very, very scary player. So. I go B plus again. If we saw more production and uh, uh, not due to his fault, really, uh, I would have graded this in the A category, but with the blocking and the uh, production that we did get, I'll give this a solid B plus.
1: Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. Jelani was B-plus, A-minus, no question about it. He suffered from some drops at times, but I think all things considered, the plays that he made far outweighed the the drops and some of the issues that he had, as any rookie will have, you know. And so I, I think that's a, that's a solid grade because the dude just made plays. He changed games for you. Unfortunately, your offense was so bad. You couldn't take advantage of it most of the time, but he definitely is a, is a guy that can be a game changer for, right. and, and that's exciting in itself with the rookie you're going to bring in. He's going to have a six foot seven target at tight end, a guy yeah. that he can just give opportunities to. That is exciting yeah. right there. Right. Um, so Jelani woods has definitely, um, shown a lot, I think. And I think I don't have a lot of questions about Jelani. It's just like, you know, can he handle more workload? You know, I think he can. I think he's shown he can. But like, you know, if you continue to go to him next year, like what's he going to look like? I'm looking forward to that because he is such a raw prospect. I mean, this dude scored a 10 out of 10 raw athletic score, Derek. That is like unheard of, right? Yeah. I don't think
2: that's ever happened. That has never happened before. Right. In the history of tight ends, there's never been a more tal- or more uh, athletically gifted tight, tight end than Jelani Woods.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's exciting in itself that he's now going to have a full offseason in the Colts system. I know they're going to probably get a new system on offense and stuff, but I really hope that whoever the Colts bring in to run this offense, we, via coordinators and also quarterback, I really hope Jelani Woods is at the center of what they try to do offensively. Because I Absolutely. really think he's a guy that's going to really get better. And I think the same is true with Alec Pierce too. These guys are only rookies. We have to remember that, right? These guys were raw. They were learning on the fly a little bit, you know, and they have a, now a full year to look and see what can I improve on. And so I think the sky's the limit for both these guys. And I'm really excited. Um, the fact that now the Colts have two guys that have a lot of talent, showed a lot of potential in year one, and that could really help pair with this rookie quarterback. They're going to bring in. So, I uh, love both those guys. And then the last guy on this offense as well that the Colts took, you know, in the first three rounds, you got to talk about Bernard Ryman, man. I mean, wow. I mean, talk about just a trial by fire season for Bernard Ryman, but you'll look at it. All things considered, Ryman has come out and he has looked like the guy that can be the potential left tackle of the future for the Colts. Had his moments. Chris Ballard acknowledged, you know, the same thing in his press conference, but It was enough for Ballard to feel really excited about the future at left tackle with Bernard Ryman at the helm. I mean, Derek, we have to keep in mind, similar to some of these other players we've talked about and we'll talk about, Ryman is so new to the position. The fact that like he's so new to this position at tackle and he's playing at this high level now, like in his rookie season, that's exciting for year two. And the Colts have been so... They've struggled so much, right? So much to find a tackle after Costanza retired. They've struggled to find it. They tried Eric Fisher, tried Matt Pryor, didn't work. Bernard Ryman comes in. And he has done exactly what the Colts hoped he'd do. I think there's a lot of optimism going in. So I'm going to actually give a grade here first. I think it's gone up from when we talked about it last. I'm going to give Bernard Ryman, considering what he had to do, the situation that was not ideal, Ryman had to face some of the best edge rushers in the NFL, and he came out, I think, better for it. So I'm going to give him a B plus. I'm going to give Ryman a B plus.
2: I'll, I'll agree with you on that. I, I think that you know we can overlook the first eight weeks of the season when it comes to this, and just kind of look at where he is now. Um, I think they said from. Midway through the season to now, uh, Bernard Ryman was actually one of the top tackles in the NFL at pass blocking. So, I mean, to think of that, to like be a rookie who has been in that position for less than two years worth of experience and to now be one of the better left tackles in the NFL at a certain point in the year. I mean, that shows you just how quick that kid adapted to mm-hmm. the situation that he had to be thrust into. Yeah. Uh, I like actually said, have a lot stat of.
1: Right, I have the stat right here just because you mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, from JJ Stankovitz, com. Bernard Ryman reentered the Colts starting lineup at left tackle in week nine. From weeks nine to 18, he had a 76.5 PFF pass grade. That ranked 21st out of 81 tackles. And that's a minimum of 100 pass blocking snaps. And he faced really, really elite talent at defensive end at the pass rush department. Yeah, guys like you know Mac Parsons, Lawrence Hightower, Jones, and so many other guys he had to face. Like it wasn't like he was facing you know these no name guys. He was facing really elite and really good edge rushers. And Ryman held his own, which is yeah. encouraging, right? And Ber- yeah. and and Braden Smith. I want to give an honorable mention here to Braden Smith. Just a shout out to him. He had one of the hardest assignments all year and he was a phenomenal after he he started off. He struggled, but he really turned it on too. So I think the Colts, if this can continue, Derek, they have a really good tackle situation, actually. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It'll feel great for the next five years with the tackles. Mm-hmm. If Bernard Ryman continues to improve like we've seen and if Braden Smith gets back to the form that we know him capable of. Then yeah, the, the the tackle situation in Indy will at least be there for at least the next five years, which is great because then you can start focusing on building up that middle. But for Bernard Ryman, yeah, I'll give a B plus. Uh, again, the situation he was thrust into, uh, no doubt that he had some growing pains early on, but how he finished the year, very uh very nice sign of things to come.
1: Yeah. So you think about it, the Colts have three young pieces on the offense. As bad as the offense was, there's some building blocks there, Derek, in this draft, which is which is great. You got three building blocks, and that's exciting. So all right. Well, let's move on to the final third round pick. You know, this is the guy, Derek. We we'd hyped up because the Colts did something you don't usually do. They traded up and gave up a decent amount of capital to go get a safety, right? They went and got their guy, Nick Cross. He started week one, barely saw the field the rest of the year. Yeah. And he was actually (laughs) got surpassed by the other guy we'll talk about, Rodney Thomas, seventh round pick, and really didn't do a whole lot. He was an inactive. He was a healthy scratch the last game of the season, Derek.
2: Which is really odd. You know, it's just really odd from a personnel perspective, but we can talk about that for another day.
1: Exactly. So I'll say this before we get into the grade. Nick cross has all the talent in the world. He has all the opportunity in the world to turn this thing around in year two. Absolutely does. But for 2022, I'm going to give him a D because the expectations were here, Derek, with Nick cross. And it didn't go anywhere near that. He didn't even see the field, you know, pretty much the majority of the season. Yeah. So like, what was the case for why he was so involved early into training camp, into everything, the preseason. And then he just was not, a factor the rest of the year. Why? Why is that the case? I don't know the answer. It just was very bizarre how it just went from one extreme to the other.
2: Yeah, it's very odd to say the least. I I hope that he'll figure it out. And like you said, the talent's there. I don't even really know what kind of grade to give because there's really just not even a, there's not really a building block to grade on because like you say, you could grade it on, the expectation that we all set for him. But clearly, I mean, he just needs to catch up to speed on, you know, the NFL game itself. And clearly, you know, Rodney McLeod and Rodney Thomas had a better grip of their assignments and how to handle that situation better than Nick Cross did. Uh, Nick Cross is a far better athlete than both of them. But at the end of the day, you know, athletes don't always, uh, Uh, good football players so at the end of the day you just need to he needs to work on it don't know if I can really give a grade at the moment with that one I mean if we're going building block as a d then I'll go with that as well but yeah just hope that next year we'll get to see Nick cross a little bit more hopefully
1: yeah I mean I would think so with what they you know where they took him and how they were hyping him up there's still a lot of optimism about Nick Cross's development. So maybe this is a good thing for him. You know, maybe this is a great humbling season for him to just sit back, not feel the pressure of having to be a starter or really contributing on the defense and learning from Rodney McLeod and learning from Julian Blackman. You know, maybe this is going to be a great thing. And, you know, maybe depending what they do with McLeod, like maybe he, he's able to, you know, get more of an opportunity next year. We'll see. But yeah, I think right now it's just like based off of the expectations and how the culture hyped him up. Did not even scratch that. So, all right. Uh, the other guy that's kind of tricky, and I had to beta putting him on here, but Eric Johnson was kind of the reserve defensive lineman. And there really wasn't a whole lot of expectations. So, I'm just going to go with the C here because, like, you know, he did basically what we asked him to do. And I, I even like hesitate to give him a grade just because it's like, I guess, mean, what, like a fifth round pick. And he, you know, he didn't really expect him to come in and light the world on fire um, or anything like that. But he still did play a role on this team. So, what do you give him? You know, what kind of grade do you give him here? Cause I don't really know what to give him.
2: Yeah. I mean, C minus, I mean, right, like we yeah. said, I mean, he was a, a guy that, you know, w- that came in originally and was uh, a guy that was, you know, thrust into the defensive uh, rotation. And but you just never really saw anything from Eric Johnson. Uh, you saw his name pop up a few times in training camp, but Outside of that, you know, NFL competition just got the best of him this year. Uh, so, you know, D or C minus is the absolute best you could give Eric Johnson because there really wasn't much of a productive impact from him this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we have two guys here. One more guy from this draft class that we want to talk about, and then one more undrafted free agent. Just because why not? We'll throw him in. We'll talk about him. Uh, Roddy Thomas, the guy we already mentioned, the guy who played a majority of the snaps and actually (laughs) finished out pretty good. I know he was still, he's probably still torn up about how that Houston game ended and how he probably should have had that interception uh, to seal that game. But all that to say, Rodney Thomas coming in from a seventh round pick out of Yale, nobody knew what to expect. There was no expectations for him. It's like, will he even make the roster? Absolutely. I would even go a plus.
2: I really would. It's an A. It's a hundred percent an A. I mean, a it, look, he's a seventh round draft pick out of an Ivy League school that very few people knew who the heck he was. And sure enough, Ballard and his scouts, you know, in their infinite wisdom that somehow some way they find one of these guys every freaking year, Cody, and they come in and do this. And Rodney Thomas, who finished the year, what, with four interceptions on the year, if I'm not mistaken? Ooh, right. I mean. Uh, it was three or four, had one or the other, but um, but I know, but, but Rodney Thomas was again one of these guys that was thrust into the rotation when Julian Blackman went down, and Rodney McLeod had to move to strong safety, and there was not many other guys to run the free safety group. Uh, you didn't trust Nick Cross at the time, so you threw Rodney Thomas in there, and he looked like he was a pro from the minute he stepped on the football field, like as if it wasn't hard for him at all. I mean, there were so many times, I mean, we remember, uh, the Broncos game, especially where he, you know, lit up that, that game. I mean, he was everywhere. Uh, there was a couple other times that I know he was involved in a few other big plays, uh, kind of reminded me of, you know, Julian Blackman from his rookie year, right? Like we saw Julian Blackman and if it wasn't for uh, Chase Young being as elite as he was that year, his rookie year, then Julian Blackman would have won defensive rookie of the year. I mean, that's the kind of same praise I see from Rodney Thomas. I mean, he had to come in with a group of veterans in the secondary and was clearly the youngest one of the youngest guys on the defense altogether and came in there and was part of the unit and it didn't even look like he wasn't like he looked like he he was involved in everything and and it, Mm -hmm. it was so cool to see him do that and i almost worry If he's going to take a step backwards because of how good he was this year. Right. It's hard to repeat that because when you're a rookie, you know, it's hard to repeat that year in and year out when you do stuff like what Rodney Thomas did this year. But yeah, it's a totally an A because like we said, again, seventh rounder, you didn't expect him to come in and be a, a, a role player right off the bat. And not only was he a role player, but he was a starter on this defense, and he was never a step behind anyone.
1: Nope. Nope. So, yeah, you're right. He did finish with four interceptions, uh, which is just incredible when you think about it, you know, based yeah. off of people we're not even thinking, including us, is he going to make the roster? And, yes, he's going to make the roster, and not just that. He's going to make an impact. So, huge. Love to see that. All right, final guy we're going to talk about, undrafted free agent. Really the only one that kind of made an impact this year on this team. Dallas Flowers, got to talk about Dallas Flowers. I mean, we I just talked to him. Um, and, <laughs> you know, he finished the year, Derek, as the best kick returner per average in the NFL. And he also got some looks at corner. Now, he wasn't great at corner. I'll say that. But for an undrafted guy to come in and do what he did in the kick return department, like, to me, and and, and finding an undrafted guy that can do that that's a high grade for me. You know, that's a B plus to to a kind of guy that can, that can change the game like that. What are your thoughts on him?
2: Yeah, I I would go. I would definitely go. I would go B, um, just simply due to the fact that we didn't see him until late in the season, but you're right. What the impact he made, from the moment he stepped on the football field this year, from a special teams perspective, he changed so many games. He changed how the games went for us in a lot of different ways. I mean, you said it was in just what six games that he was returning kicks was, you know, averaging five more yards per return than the next closest guy. And then on top of it, I mean, what they said, he was top five in total return yards on the year. and is dealing with that. I mean, obviously, like I know the Colts at the back end of things were giving up a lot of points because the offense couldn't score and the defense was on the field the majority of the time. I get that. But I mean, still, he didn't play for the majority of the year and then to still be, you know, a premier special teams guy like that. I mean, his first kick return ever in the big leagues almost takes it to the house against Pittsburgh, man. I mean, and yeah. from that moment, you just felt like if Dallas Flowers got his hands on it, it, it was it was a potential to go big every time. And there were very few times that Dallas Flowers didn't get positive yardage on a kick return this year. So it, that's fantastic. You know, it's awesome to yep. see somebody step in and do something like that. So it's a solid B for me. You know, it's crazy to me that I would ever be
1: saying these this phrase, all right. And some people will probably still get upset because I understand this guy's a fan favorite, or he was a fan favorite. Did the Colts win the Naheem Hines trade? Like, maybe they didn't win it, but did it benefit both teams? Like, because Naheem Hines, we saw what he did, two touchdowns, obviously amazing. He's a great player. But the Colts got Zach Moss out of it, who just had over a hundred yards, who's, in my opinion, RB2. Yeah, also it opened the opportunity for Dallas Flowers now to come in and do what he did. If Hines was still here, Flowers would have never gotten that opportunity. No. Yeah, not at all. Like, it's crazy to even think about that because I was upset that the Colts got rid of Hines. I mean, I think we all were a little bit upset about that. Yeah. But, like, this could be a big thing for this Colts team. Like, you know, you get rid of that contract, you find your potential RB2,
2: and also you find your kick and punt returner. Yeah, and he, who was clearly doing better at returns right now than what Hines was doing for you yeah. in the last two or three years. I mean, no disrespect to Naheem Hines, but Hines after his rookie year uh, was not doing really anything in the return game for Indianapolis. Dallas not Flowers has already done more in that department than Naheem Hines has done in the last three for the Colts.
1: I mean, no disrespect because we already know how great of a player Hines is and was and is still. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think it just – it was actually a good trade somehow, some way it worked itself out. And so uh, I think that's just a credit to Dallas Flowers and just what he was able to do this year and the fact that he's cheap and the Colts are going to have him for a couple more years and you don't really have to pay the guy because he's not really playing any snaps for you on defense right now. At least Mm -hmm. he wasn't this year. And so – Yeah, I mean, I think it worked out. It worked itself out, um, all things considered. We wish Naheem Hines the best. Hopefully, man, he can go win a Super Bowl in Buffalo this year. Uh, We'll be rooting for him, but it worked itself out, and Dallas Flowers is a big reason for that. So, all right, cool. Well, I think that'll do it for our look at the rookies, guys. Let us know your thoughts on some of the grades. Are there any other players that you throw in that maybe you wanted us to talk about with these rookies? I think we covered pretty much everybody that had some sort of impact or played some sort of role with this team, but. Let us know if there's anybody else you feel like we missed. But thank you guys so much. We really appreciate all the support. And as always, guys, go Colts.
3: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealingcom blue wire to learn more and find a center near you. That's UNIFYDHEaling.com blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website